Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right, everybody, we want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is April 27th, I believe. Yes, April 27th, 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. This is the Israel Watch, an incredible watch that is always filled with amazing things every week. Karen Davis is the overall leader. Susan Hege is leading this morning. Both her and Karen are leading this morning. We also have others who are helping to lead. And they're going to, Karen's going to introduce them. We are looking forward to an incredible hour. And, and Karen, we just want to bless you. We just are so thankful for you and for your ministry on Mount Carmel. And, and we just say that the Lord is using you in a mighty way. We all see it. This is, in fact, you are an Esther. This is an Esther moment for you. You are an amazing apostolic leader in Israel and have an incredible ministry. And it seems like it keeps growing and keeps getting bigger and better and more anointed. And we just say, uh, thank you, Lord. We just thank you for Karen. We just say, Karen, that God's favor surrounds you like a shield. Every day, your favor seems to be growing in Israel. And we just say, let it grow even more. Let 2022 be an incredible breakthrough year for you and your ministry. And we just say that the whole nation of Israel is being rocked this year by the presence of the Lord. And your ministry is one of the leading ministries that is doing that. We just declare the best days of your life and your ministry are ahead of you, not behind you, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Fred. I, I almost don't know where to start today. I just, first of all, want to just set the tone for the focus for today at, at sundown tonight is beginning uh, Yom HaShoah, which is uh, Holocaust Day in Israel. It's a day like no other anywhere else uh, in the world and a very serious, solemn time of remembrance. And, and in that context, we, we're also dealing with, so we have Susan Hagee today who's going to really share God's heart for the survivors. And John and Angela, who were with us a month ago, who are still with us now, staying with Susan, who've been ministering with her over the years with the Holocaust survivors, we have engaged them now in ministering to our Ukrainian refugees who have filled our community center called Beit Yedidia. And uh, Kehilat Carmel, the congregation, uh, was we were given this property in the center of Haifa. I, mean, I know Fred and Sue and many of you have stayed there. And But all the rooms now are taken, all the remaining rooms are taken by the Ukrainian refugees. God has brought them to us. And so even this week, John and Angela have begun ministering at Beit Yedidia. Beit Yedidia means the house of God's friends. And Yedidia has really, it's becoming a house of healing. I really believe that's the calling. And the trauma with which the people have, brought, have come to us, it's, we don't want to necessarily make comparisons but with the Holocaust, but trauma is trauma. And these people have lost everything. And today, I just wanted to share that today, 
we had a breakthrough in the house. We've been praying that the Lord would begin to draw by his spirit, these Ukrainians that don't know the Lord, to the worship that's taking place. And one of our, our former drug addicts, David Foreman, who is now a Levite on our worship team, lives at Beit Yedidia, and he's playing the guitar, and the spirit of the Lord is working through him and, and drawing. And today, something really special happened because many of these people have not really entered. They don't want to get too close. They don't really want to open their hearts. And they were drawn in. And she, the, a lady named Valentina came right into the center of this meeting and began to pour out her heart. And as she cried, they cried with her. And something really in what happened. So I don't know, maybe John later, you can share a little bit more about that if you feel led. But many things are overlapping. And of course, we're going into the 50 hours right after this session, we're gonna, the Izmir House of, of Prayer is going to launch the 50, a prayer to cover, to lift up a standard above the spirit of Islam that's being released in the night of power with Ramadan. So we're just going to proclaim today um, the resurrection life of the Lord. There is a fresh wind blowing in the land. Even the last few days, we've had a real sense of a visitation of the Lord beginning, a new birth. We've all entered into uh, the biblical new year, and there really is a sense of a uh, just the Lord is, is birthing something new in the land. A fresh wind is blowing. So I, I, I would like to begin, as we always do, with worship. And today I want to begin with um, thanking the Lord. One of the most prophetic things that we can declare in the face of trauma, in the face of the Holocaust, is Hodul Adonai Kitov Ki Le'olam Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Lord, we proclaim your goodness today, O oh God. Lord, even in the face of darkness, O oh God. Lord, your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah.
Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Arise and shine, arise, O Israel, arise from the dead, and Messiah will shine upon you. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, O God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, O God, that the glory of God is shining through your body, Lord, even today, O God. Lord, shining through those intercessors who are here now in the land. Oh, carrying the glory of God in this dry and thirsty land. Thank you, Lord. We proclaim hope. Hallelujah. We proclaim healing. We proclaim resurrection life for Israel today. Lord, even on this, we enter into a day of remembrance, oh God, a remembrance of pain, remembrance of death, oh God. But we proclaim resurrection life in the face of the darkness in Yeshua's name. Lord, you are the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. And Lord, we trust you today to breathe upon the bones. Lord, we thank you for this fresh wind that is blowing through the body even now, oh God. Ha-ba-ba-ba-ra-shakata. <laughs> Hallelujah. special day from any other day of the year. This is Yom HaShoah. <clears throat> now we refer to it as the Holocaust. The Holocaust is Greek, meaning sacrifice by fire. And every time I think of this word, I think of Lamentations 5.10, where it says, our skin is hot as an oven. And that's exactly what happened. We must remember the Holocaust. We must remember the Shoah. But I want to tell you not only the history of this holiday, this observation here in Israel, <clears throat> but how it relates to the rest of the world. On December 28, 1949, the Jewish people decided to bring thousands, the ashes of thousands of Jews from Flossenburg and inter them in Jerusalem. It was the first time that they were remembered from the Holocaust. And 10 years later, on the 27th of Nisan, which is today, is the anniversary of the Warsaw Uprising. And they chose this day to commemorate not only the 6 million Jews plus that were murdered in the Holocaust, but also the hero heroism of those who survived. Israel was the very first one to commemorate the Holocaust, to, to remember the people and to say never again. Yom HaShoah begins this evening at sunset. And I've asked that Karen would share what it's like as an Israeli citizen. What is this day? What proceeds? Karen? At tomorrow, uh, so hold on. 
Yes, tonight the holiday begins and, and ceremonies are, are, will be taking place and, and even the television, there's nothing that's shown except historical documentaries and things related to the Holocaust. But tomorrow morning there will be a siren that is sounded for two minutes and and all across Israel, it doesn't matter where you are, it, all the cars on the highway will just, people stop their cars, they get out of their cars, and it's two minutes of silence while the siren is, is going. And it's an incredible moment because this nation really has come out of the ashes of the Holocaust. The birth of the nation came from the ashes of the Holocaust. And so it, it affects everybody. I, it affects almost everybody. I think Susan was gonna, going to share about this. All the generations, there's no one in Israel that is of the Jewish people who are not touched and affected and still affected by what, what has taken place. Um, I remember last year, I actually had a very disturbing experience, and Susan, I think you were going to relate to this. It's a, it's a time of great, solemn respecting the, the victims of the Holocaust. And uh, we have a, a lot of, in the construction business in Israel, a lot of Muslim Arabs are involved in constructing. So they're coming, they're in Jewish neighborhoods all the time, like mine. And last year, when the siren went off, they deliberately kept talking and making loud sounds. And it was such a statement that we do not even believe in such a thing. And it's no accident, this convergence, there's been all kinds of convergences in this last uh, couple of weeks with, with the Pesach, the Seder night and Good Friday and Resurrection Day, but also with Ramadan falling during this whole period. And it's not insignificant that, the, that this Holocaust remembrance taking place tomorrow, or to starting tonight, but all day tomorrow, is converging also with this night of power that the Islamic world is wanting to release destructive spirits against our nation. So this is all in the context. We're still dealing with the survival of Israel. Susan, I think that's all I have to say about it at the moment. Okay. What I've asked next is for Brecht, who's here with us from the Netherlands. Uh, you talk about a country that was in the midst of the Holocaust and suffering, losing over 100,000 of their Jews. And I've asked her to talk a little bit about what it was like there that, that she knows about the history and what it's like today commemorating. They were one of the first countries after Israel to establish a day to remember the Jews and they remember the Jews. And Brecht has the unique, I think it's amazing. Her parents were involved in the underground saving Jews. But I would like her to tell you about a young woman. About the Remembrance Day, we remember our death on the 4th of May. The 5th of May is the Liberation Day, what we celebrate. But we lost during the war more than 600,000 people. And that is including more than 100,000 Jewish people. So it is a minority, but it had such an effect in Holland because the resistance, the underground was helping to find hiding places for Jewish people. And then they still had to 
maintain and help them with food coupons. They had to be stolen by the underground. So my family was involved. My grandfather was, he had a, a big amount, a great amount of food coupons. And when they were stolen by purpose, my grandfather let it happen by the resistance, he had to go one year in the concentration camp. My parents were involved and they were hiding and bringing Dewey's babies to safe places. One of the babies, my father brought her to friends of him, to a couple. And since today, and since that time, and today, I'm in contact with her and it is tragic. She was only a baby born in 1943 and she was taken from the hospital where her mother had delivered her. Her mother went to Auschwitz and her brother and her father were already deported and she was um, escaping the Germans and she was brought in a safe hiding place. But I have followed her all these years and we are in close contact and she has not even a picture of her parents and of her brother. And that is tragic. She has never experienced anything bad in the war, but until now she is experiencing the loss of her family. And you think she survived. Well, she doesn't feel it like that. She says, I wish I had gone with them because now I don't even know who they are. We remember the 4th of May, we remember all 600,000 people who were killed in the war, including the Jewish people. But the Jewish people in Holland is a different story. Some of them came back from the camps, but it, they were so badly received in Holland, they were completely ignored by the Dutch people. So many, many moved to the States and when Israel became a nation, they moved to Israel. So we still have Jewish people in Holland, but as I told about this one woman, it's a tragedy. One man who I visited a lot, a Shoah survivor, lost his wife in Sobibor, came back to Holland. After two years, he wanted to, to marry. He found a new wife, a Jewish lady, and he went to the town council and he said, we want to marry. And they said to him, hey, but wait, you are already married. He said, yes, I was married, but I lost my wife in Sobibor. No, we can't help you. You cannot be married. So he had to go five times before he said, if you don't give me the permission now, I will come over the counter and I will get it. So that was the reception of the Jewish people in Holland. And how does your government uh, observe the, uh, the May 4th? 
Yeah, of course, on the 4th of May, when everybody is remembered, but on the 27th of August, uh, of January, we have Auschwitz Day and we have a march in Amsterdam from the town council to a Jewish monument and a few thousand people join in this and our government as well, the president of the country. Thank you. This is one of the things that I want to uh, share today is all the countries as far as how they're involved. One of the things I wanted to mention too is not just for Yom HaShoah, but Israel also honors the survivors with medals. These are two medals, one from 50 years and one from 60 years. And these are given to them every five years in honor of who they are and the fact that they have survived. It's just another way to say that they're special. In, in 1979, April 28 to 29, the United States joined. That's the anniversary of the Dachau liberation. They chose that day because it was the United States that liberated. And so they celebrate the ties to uh, the US of that. But now they have something unusual, which I didn't even know for eight days they honor from the Sunday before Yom HaShoah to, the, to that day. So they give eight days now to honor the Jewish people. But it wasn't until 2005 that the UN finally established the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. That's what we think of in January 27th. <clears throat> that was when Auschwitz was liberated. And so they have asked their member states, the different countries, to observe on that day. So 12 nations have agreed, January 27, we will honor Holocaust Remembrance Day. 11 other countries said, no, we're not going to do it then, because it's not related to our country. We would rather, we lost people on this day, we lost people on other days, so it's October, it's May, it's just all different days. But how is that observation? Unfortunately, some of these memorial days, really, the government is not involved. It's people like us, the believers. It's the Jewish agencies. We are the ones that get together and they might have someone that comes from the government. But it's not as a nation, which needs to happen. It, it's a tendency to dilute it. And I want to give you an example. Memorials in the Slavic countries, different places where there were murders that were taken care of. And one example is Babi Yar in Ukraine. On the memorial, the inscription says that it's to the victims of peaceful Soviet citizens. They negate the fact that the vast majority of victims there were Jews. 33,771 Jews were murdered at Babi Yar. But it doesn't say that. So when an official was asked about it, his answer was, we don't want to take away from any others who were killed by mentioning one particular group. Okay, so we have others, the south of Russia, 27,000 Jews were murdered in August of 42. From uh, 50,000 more were murdered over the months after Babi Yar. We have to be very careful to stand with Israel, to honor those who this was about, this is not about all the people who died in the war. Yes, we honor them, but this, there was a reason. 
And I think one of the people that says it the best was Ellie Wiseau. He said, I have learned that the Holocaust was a unique and uniquely Jewish event, albeit with universal implications. Not all victims were Jews, but all Jews were victims. And it's so well put. And this is what we want to keep this in mind. So recently the Babi Yar Memorial was bombed in, in the fight in Ukraine, in the war. And what did their president say, Vladimir Zelensky? He said, to the world, what is the point of saying never again for 80 years if the world stays silent when a bomb drops on the same site of Babi Yar? So my question is, can we be silent again? Can we continue to do this? It's important that we do not dilute our support of Israel. Yom HaShoah is vital. We must stand with Israel on this day as a nation, as a people, not just letting Israel take care of it. We have that responsibility as well. And so what we want to do is we want to stand with Israel today and with Yom HaShoah. Angela has something to tell you. So today we are lighting six candles in honor of the six million plus Jews who were killed during the Shoah. And we especially want to also remember Boris Ramanchenko, who was a Holocaust survivor. He survived four concentration camps. He lived in Kharkiv, Ukraine, and he spent his whole life intensely helping others to remember the Nazi crimes and to remember the survivors. He has now been murdered at the age of 96 in the current war. So for him, it's a second Holocaust. And also Wanda Simonovna Bietkova, who was in the siege of the Mariupol, Ukraine, and she died at the age of 91. She died taking cover in a freezing basement without water to drink, a grim echo of how she hid from the Nazis at the age of 10. Both of these precious people, they survived Holocaust of the Second World War, yet they have been killed in this Holocaust. We have experienced others asking us, Greg and I were talking about this. People have come to us and said, can they not forget? They're asking us if these survivors, why can't they forget and move on? They can't. And neither can we should not forget.